Welcome to the chat. This podcast is here to encourage and challenge you in your walk with Christ by inspiring women of faith. Chat means an informal conversation, and we can't wait for you to hear this episode of the chat podcast. Your host, Nina Evans, is a Christian marriage and family counselor, police chaplain, national speaker, author, and religion columnist for the Republic newspaper. The Chat Podcast originates from your gospel station, WYGS, a southern gospel radio station in Columbus, Indiana. If you'd like to sponsor the radio show or podcast, please contact WYGS at 812-373-9947 or WYGS.org. Welcome to the chat. The chat is brought to you by Moffat Aqua Systems of Greensburg and Aqua Systems of Columbus. Welcome, everyone, to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans, and I am the host for The Chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS, and it can be live-streamed from its website. The Chat is also available through Google, Apple, and Spotify. My guest today for The Chat is Christy Bowes-Eubanks. Christy is the wife of Greg. She has been a team leader for iGrad in the Bartholomew Consolidated School Corporation and Flat Rock Hall Creek School Corporation for Ivy Tech. We'll be right back with the chat. chat, Christy. Thanks, Nida. I'm so happy to be here. So good to have you. Well, you have a lot of decoration that goes along with your name and with your work in the area and the school corporation and Ivy Tech and, and all of that. So I am super excited to have you as my guest today on the chat. Well, thank you so much. It's, I feel an honor and a privilege to be here. Let's start with, will you tell us about your family? Sure, I would love to tell you about my family. I am married to a wonderful person. His name is Greg, and I have three wonderful bonus children. I have Amber, Isaiah, and Eli. I also have a wonderful family. My mother is a Tish Bose, and then I have a sister, Kathy, and a brother, Tim. I have several nieces and nephews that have been like my children over the years, and I'm very proud of them. And we live here in Columbus, Indiana. I've been in Columbus since I was four years old. I love Columbus. It's a great place um, to raise a family and to have a family. Will you tell us about your work? I would love to tell you about my work. For the past 10 years, I have been an employee of Ivy Tech Community College. I serve as the iGrad team leader for Columbus East High School, McDowell Education Center, and um, Hauser Junior Senior High School. IGRAD was started 10 years ago as a community project. It came out of a Cummins Six Sigma project on how we could increase graduation rates in Bartholomew County. Back then, the graduation rates for the county were in the 70s, in the mid-70s. So they started looking at ways to increase the graduation rate. So IGRAD came out of that Six Sigma project. In the fall of 2012, we started IGRAD. And I have IGRAD coaches that work for me, and they are in the public schools, 8th grade through 12th grade here in Bartholomew County. That's why it was a county initiative, so that's why we're also up at Hauser. 
and they work with students to help keep them on track to graduate high school on time. Now I'd like to know about your testimony. Will you tell us when you came to know Jesus and have a personal relationship with him? Absolutely. I would love to tell you my testimony. I'm one of those that can say that I've been in church my whole entire life. I was born on a Friday, but the next week I've been told that I was sitting in church and I have been in church ever since. However, it wasn't until I was going into the third grade. So I was at church camp um, down in Orleans, Indiana. And I remember specifically a service that evening and going down to the altar and praying and asking Jesus to come into my heart so I could have the personal relationship that I saw my parents and people in the church and my grandparents have. So that was a pretty exciting time for me. Still to this day, I can remember the group of girls that went down with me when I prayed. And I remember I'm still in contact with who my camp counselor was um, and still have a relationship with her. She was not from my local church, but she was from um, a church in Seymour. And I still have contact with her. Then um, I was going into the um, start of my ninth grade year. And we were attending what was called the Nazarene Youth Congress. Now it's called Nazarene Youth Conference. But back then, in July of 1987, it was called Nazarene Youth Congress. And that is where Nazarene teens from all over the United States come together for a week of training and um, service projects and just listening to special speakers um, that speak to teenagers. And I specifically remember we were in Washington, D.C., at the University of Maryland campus. And Dr. Stephen Manley was the preacher. And he was preaching a sermon on hell. If you've ever been in Washington, in the summertime, it is hot. And it was very hot there. And I remember we were sitting there in the stadium. And we were pretty close to the top. And he gave the, you know, the call about coming down and turning your life over to Christ or or being sanctified if you already have that relationship and just going the next step and just living a total life of surrender. And I remember I could not get down there to the front to the altar fast enough. And I specifically remember again, two of my friends that went down with me to support me and a youth pastor um, that went down with me to support me while I was praying. I must say that both of those times I can remember as if it was yesterday. I can remember the altars. I can remember the setting. I can remember the people. And I would say those are the two best decisions I've ever made in my life. My next best was saying yes to to Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's important. (laughs) It is. Well, will you tell us what your relationship with Jesus is like today? He is my everything. Um, I do not do anything without covering it in prayer seeking his guidance. He has been the one that I have relied upon through everything in life. Having, you know, been a single gal until the last year and a half, he was my confidant. He was the one I talked to. People might have come into my home and thought I was crazy because sometimes I would just talk out loud. Okay, God, what, what would you have me do? What They would probably look at me like I was crazy, but he was there. I was never alone. He has been my best friend. He has guided me. He has led me. If I start to make a decision without consulting him, I feel it instantly. I really do. Um, And sometimes you get so caught up in life and you think, oh, I've got this. This is what I need to do. And I'm so glad that he instantly 
just says, wait a minute, Christy, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do without him. I don't ever want to find out what I would do without him. I don't ever intend on finding out what I would do without him. Um, he has given me my passions for life. He has instilled my desire to serve him in whatever capacities. He's just my everything. He truly is. When we come to know Christ, he often puts a passion within us, an extra interest or directs our thinking where we want to serve him in certain ways. Has God given you a passion for anything? Absolutely. We, um, going back to when I was sanctified in July of 1987, we were um, a part of a service project there in Washington, D.C., and the things that my eyes were opened up to then were amazing, just picking up needles community where homeless people lived and just seeing the homeless people around on the street corners and being from Indiana, being told, be careful, don't talk to them. This is what's going on. Don't go out by yourself. You need to use gloves. That really started a passion in me to serve others. The following year, um, I was selected to go on my first, we called it um, Teen Care Corps trip, and that's through Mm -hmm. um, my church, through the Nazarene Church Mm -hmm. and Southwest Indiana District Church of the Nazarene. And I was able to go to the Bahamas and serve for two weeks um, on a mission trip. And there we went out to the neighborhood, just inviting them to church. We had um, meals for people. We did a Bible school for the children. And that really started. Um, I knew then that I would do something with serving others. It was my passion. That was just an answer to what I learned growing up as a younger child. My grandparents went on work and witness trips two or three times a year, and they would come home and share their stories about the kids on the mission field and how God created all of us and we were to love everybody and that they were no different than we were. And I remember um, seeing those pictures and hearing their stories that we were to do this. And I always thought, oh, it would be great to go with my grandparents sometime. Unfortunately, my grandparents passed away when I was young. I was um, 10 years old and 13 when my grandparents passed away. So I was never able to serve with them. But just growing up with that and then seeing it firsthand, God called me then to um, a life of serving others, mm. however it would look. Mm. And so I've approached life um, like that. That has led to many trip of serving in other countries and third world countries from being a chaperone to actually being the the leader of it to actually serving um, on our church district as the um, district missionary president. So I view wherever God places me, I view it as my mission field. And I had a passion to work with children. And so I think I have a win-win with my job. I can't openly talk, um, you know, about Christ and God, but I can be like Christ to them, and I can love my students and and serve them and help them um, figure out this thing called life. Um, so that is where my passion lies. I still serve at the local church at the Nazarene Columbus First Church of the Nazarene as the missionary president, um, and that's definitely from God. He has blessed me, and I just want to bless others and just to serve. What a cool passion that is, Christy. The chat has a theme song, and the name of that theme song is Stepping Out, and it talks about having to step out of the boat in order for Christ to stretch us as followers of his so that he can grow our faith and obedience in him. 
in your life, when has there been a time when God has asked you to step out of the boat of faith? I would say that definitely one time when he asked me to do that is um, when I graduated from college, I graduated with a degree in education and I was teaching. I had taught um, three and a half years and it came to be January of 1999. I was very happy where I was. Um, I was teaching preschool and kindergarten and loved my little kids. And during while I was doing this, um, my church needed um, our youth pastor had left. And so I had been a volunteer youth leader. And that was a great time of still working with teenagers and working with kids. Of course, remember all through this time, I was not married. So it was just Christy. So Mm -hmm. I had they thought I had lots of time on my hands. So (laughs) I'd be the perfect person to be able to do this. Um, Then in January of 1999, uh, the pastor at that time came to me and said that the um, daycare and preschool director was going to officially retire. And would I please pray about coming to work for the church full time? And I was like, what? To me? Work for the church full time? And of course, the pastor's like, well, you're already teaching this level and you're already working for the youth because the catch was they wanted me to become the full time preschool daycare director and the paid um, youth director. So God and I had some conversations, a lot of conversations, because, you know, I was comfortable. I I was at a school. I knew what to expect. I had my guidelines, what I needed to teach. I had my students given to me. And here he was asking me to go into a leadership role of overseeing a staff. I had never done that to oversee a staff. I had never been the one that was going to be in charge of planning all the youth activities and teaching them and guiding them in their walk with Christ. Um, So as it was definitely stepping out and stepping out of the boat, mm. getting out of my comfort zone. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Mm. And as God would have it, he reassured me three times about what I was supposed to do. Um, and one of the verses that came to me all the time, um, and I would say it's my favorite verse by any means, but at that time in my life, it was my verse. And it's really interesting because it's kind of come back around, but it's in Matthew, um, chapter 9, verses 37 and 38, where he's talking to the disciples and he's talking about the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest fields. And I was thinking, okay, that that's great. That That's a great verse. I get it. But I need confirmation, God. <laughs> you know, he'd already mm-hmm. given me a verse and I was asking to be a worker in the harvest fields. Because, you know, the daycare and the preschool was a ministry as well. We were getting to love on these kids from the community. And so I said, okay, I need another sign. And thank goodness God was so faithful again and quickly. And he said, showed me in scripture again, that um, with God, all things are possible. And I'm like, okay, with God. So God would be my leader and all things would be possible. And he gave me that verse. And I, again, being the young mid-20s that I was, I'm like, okay, God, is that really you telling me or am I just taking that out of scripture? And I want you to know three times within the next three days, he again, (laughs) that verse came up in my devotions or on a song or somebody just talking to me. And so the third time I instantly said, God, I hear you. I know this is you. This is what I'm doing. And that's when I called the church and um, 
stepped out of the boat and came on board with the church. Wow, that's that's some stretching that took place there. It it, it was definitely stretching, and I'm still being stretched to this day, um, but I don't regret it one bit. And I can see looking back, even from my childhood, how God has directed me because I've allowed him to, and I've listened to him. Even when things were rocky with job transitions, I knew I was right where God wanted me to be, and he would take care of me. Well, we've got to take a break, Christy, but when we come back, we want to get into your prayer life. We'll be right back with a chat. We're back with the chat. I'm chatting with Christy Bowes Eubanks. Uh, Christy, this has been good. Now I want to get into your prayer life. Do you have a designated place to pray each day? That's a funny question because my initial response would be yes, and it's my car. And some people might think your car, but it has been my car. I communicate with God. I count it a blessing to be able to um, be in my car on my way to work, on my way home from work. And for a few years, I traveled to downtown Indianapolis, so I had over an hour. And I just call out to God, and we talk, and we chat, and I I hear him speak through the songs I might have playing. If I'm very focused on just spending time with him, I might not even have my, my music on. Um, my car stays on a Christian radio station. It blesses me. There are so many times, one specific time, I remember driving down the road and I'm like, God, how am I going to get this done today? How am I going to get this done? There's so much on my plate. And a song came on that just said, you know, I needed to just breathe and to kneel at his feet and just breathe. And I'm like, thank you, God. So, yes, in my car is a specific place, but there are many times that um, I just lay in my bed and pray. Mm -hmm. God has a funny way of waking me up almost every night at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and i spend time in prayer with him whoever crosses my mind or the last thing i've read the night before last text message i've received so there's many times i don't have like a set chair or a room mm-hmm. but i could say my car and a lot of times my bed actually that's a very often place for women to pray um, just how god uses time alone in the car to get our our attention. And he absolutely does. I value it, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Are there any prayers you pray specifically for yourself each day? Yes. Every day I start off with, God, please help me make a difference in the lives of the people I come across, whether it's my students or coworkers or the stranger in the store. Help me make a difference and help others see you through me let me be maybe that one positive interaction for the day Mm. that's an important one christy and i also say god please let those people know that they are loved Mm. Mm. because love is so important has god ever disappointed you when maybe he didn't answer a prayer you prayed the way you wanted it prayed or you didn't get something that you thought he should have given you and how did you deal with that back in my college days there was something that i would was praying for and it didn't happen and it was a heartbreak it was it was very hard and looking back now with where god took me i can now see that 
that wouldn't have worked out. It would have kept me from doing what he had in store for my life. And I think back to this song called um, Unanswered Prayers, Mm -hmm. that you can thank God for unanswered prayers. And I had to trust him. That was a very hard time. It was a transition time, finishing up college, coming back to the Columbus area since I went to school over at IU Bloomington. And that was probably another time where he, I really had to trust God and know that he had me. And again, that he was everything I needed. It would be okay in his time. Mm-hmm. And I think in that time period, I really learned patience and waiting and loving others. Mm-hmm. And that that's what my life motto then had been for and until I was 46, that I loved others and I had to really trust God. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was called to do. So that's something he had to teach you by not giving you something that you thought you should have. Absolutely. If he had given me what I had been praying for, mm-hmm. then I'm not sure that I would be able to have gone and served on the mission fields and mm-hmm. be doing a life of service Um He's ever faithful. And now I can look back and just thank him that he created me. He knows me. He's had my plan laid out. He has my plan laid out. And he's in control of all things. Aren't we glad and thankful? Amen. What does your devotion time consist of? So definitely the praying and the praise and worship and in the car. And I normally start the day off with a devotion. And I don't have a specific devotion book. I grab um, a devotion book every morning and I have several that are on my nightstand by my bed. Sometimes I do ones that are devotions for women, how to become a woman at peace. I've done Jesus calling several times. I also have one I love to grab. Um, It's devotions about the hymns, 365 different devotional readings tied to the hymns that were written and the stories behind them. I also have, the one from our church that I always do, and that's called Reflecting God. And I think I always Mm -hmm. go to that one Mm -hmm. because I was brought up on that. And so I've added to it over the years when I was learning my devotion life and I'd be like, well, God, what do you want me to do? That was always a good starting point. If I get busy of the morning, which I hate when I do this, I will do them at night before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. But it's a great way to to start the day Mm -hmm. and to, to start the morning. I also consider this part of of a devotion time. A lot of times when God does wake me up in the wee hours of the morning, he wakes me up not only with people in my mind, but with a song in my head. Mm. And I can't tell you how many times that I wake up with a song in my head that gets me through the day. And I might not Mm. even be able to tell you a few hours later what song it was, but Mm. I knew that morning that that song was going to be important. Mm. I might not even know the words now, but when I wake up, I knew the words to that song. (laughs) It's very funny. How good good God is. Absolutely. Well, I'm curious of the nine fruits of the spirit. Which one do you think you do the best at? And which one do you think you do not so good of a job with? Let's start with the best. I would say it's probably love. And kindness is a close second. Mm-hmm. That is what I strive to do, is to love others and to show Christ's love. Has it always been that way? <clears throat> I, I don't know that it has always been that way, though I have always been a loving and kind person. I always see 
try to see the the good in others it might be goodness those kind of go hand in hand in my opinion so i have to admit that i have known you since you were a little little girl you have you're my caravan teacher (laughs) (laughs) and i have to say i can remember back christy even those in those early years of your life you were a very thoughtful loving generous little girl and today to see you as you have developed into such a, a, a stellar follower of Christ. So, yeah, I could see that love is has been one of your top fruits of the Spirit. Okay, quickly, what about? I would like to think none of them are low. Mm-hmm. But that, mm-hmm. Well, I really, where we can each improve, that is probably the best way to say it. Which one can you improve Maybe the joy. I'm actually getting ready to start a book called Finding Joy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can still be serving God and serving others and loving on others. But that joy might be gone. Things get in the way. Mm -hmm. Life can happen. And we might not be as joyful as we should be, even in hard circumstances. Mm -hmm. Maybe joy. Maybe joy. And that could be why I've picked that book next to do. <laughs> yeah, or maybe that's coming it's up. Called, I choose joy. I choose joy. So I keep telling myself that even in the last couple of months, it's, I'm choosing joy. I'm choosing joy. Do you have a life verse? I do have a life verse, and it would be Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know a lot of people have that as a life verse, but I can give you many, many examples. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And that goes back to God. Even when bad things, hardship happen, that I know God's not going to harm me. Mm -hmm. I have a hope and I have a future with him. And I just have to trust him. Mm -hmm. And I do have to continue with the next part when I seek him with my whole heart. What a reassuring, comforting verse that is. And you're right. Many of us have that as one of our life verses. But, oh, such a major one. So this year I was trying to find, like, the perfect journal cover where I keep all my notes Mm -hmm. at at school, not at home, but for school, for the meetings I go to. And just a couple weeks ago um, I was able to find this journal and it had this verse on the front of it and mm. i knew again i mm. prayed god show me which journal you want me to have with what message on it this year mm-hmm. every time i look at it for school for work and i found one with that verse on there mm. what book of the bible are you reading right now just jump all over but i always find myself going back to the psalms and the proverbs i just love them and i always read over proverbs 31 uh, about the um, virtuous woman mm-hmm. and just want to keep that fresh. Mm, so. mm. Do you have any favorite biblical accounts? I would think that one of my favorite biblical accounts goes back to the verse um, in Matthew chapter 9 about the workers being few. Mm. That is one of my favorite ones. But hand in hand with that, I love the biblical account of the lost sheep and that just one mattered. Mm. And I try to do that even in my job that if I can reach just one student. That's one student that's being reached. Mm. Or my work with teens, even with activities I do, even if one person comes, that's one person that I can love on and hopefully make a difference in their life. And that is just, and then I make it personal that, you know, he cares just about me. If I would get lost, Mm. start wandering, 
He cares enough about me just to pull me back in and to come find me. He hasn't gone anywhere. It's us that walk away from him. So true. So true. Do you have any favorite women in the Bible? I don't know that I really have any favorite women, but I do love Mary just with the idea that she gave birth to Jesus. Mm. And did she have any idea what impact he would have on everyone that calls himself a Christian? And then I look at her life and think she was getting ready to have Jesus, but yet there was no place for her to even have him. And she went into the barn, to the stable, Mm -hmm. in a manger, and how humbling that was. And that we just need to keep that humble spirit, and that God just calls the ordinary to do extraordinary things. Mm -hmm. And he will equip us to do what he calls us to do. Have you had a mentor? Let's get into mentoring here for a moment. Have you had a, a mentor in your life who has helped to guide you and grow you in your faith with Jesus? I would say I've had two specific people in my life that I would consider um, a mentor that I really learned a lot from. The first thing I learned from him is that you you do, you cover everything in, in prayer first. Mm-hmm. I've also learned that God will be with you even in your darkest of times from these ladies, that you're never alone, that you mm-hmm. always have God, and that God will always answer you. In his time and in his way, he will answer you. It might not be yes, it might not be no, it might be you need to wait, but he will always Mm -hmm. be faithful to to answer you. And I have someone that I go to probably for the last 20 plus years that if I have something pressing on me, I can pick up the phone and call her. Mm -hmm. I could say, can you pray for me? Text her, I need you to pray for this. And she does the same. She's currently at my church and if we miss each other at church, we'll get a text. Where were you? I missed you today. Mm. Are you okay? I missed you today. So that's always been encouraging. And the other person I would say would just be, um, and I'll name her by name, is my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, Mom has been a rock for our family, for my siblings and I. Never once have we seen our mom waver in her faith in God through the things that she's gone through from losing a sister who was a pastor's wife and was actually murdered in a church parsonage um, to issues at home to her father dying when she was a young child. And six months later, she lost everything in a fire. Um, Those were stories that she's told us uh, to um, a grandma that um, lived to be 95 years old. And mom kept us in church and has shown us that we do pray and taught us a life of love and that God is everything. When you think you have no one or anything, he is everything. And yeah, so mom, definitely, whether she knows it or not, and the unconditional love, we could just cry and she'll just hold us. She never judged us. She was just always there to pick up pieces. But she had us in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, anytime the church doors were open. I know your mother, Tish. (laughs) And known her for years, and every bit of what you say, I can see that in your mother. Wow, what a wonderful, beautiful mentor she has been. Yes, your mother, but if you can separate that and just think of her as being a mentor, wow, above the heads and shoulders of many, many people that I know. 
Well, Christy, we've got to take a break, but when we come back, I'd like to know if you have mentored anyone. We'll be right back with the chat. We're back with the chat, and we're chatting with Christy Bose Eubanks, and I'm really enjoying this, Christy. We were just talking about any mentors in your life, and I love what you had to say about that. But now I'd like to know, have you mentored anyone? I would like to think I have mentored people, especially since I have um, worked with teens and children, I, you know, since in my mid-20s. But I will say that there have been students that I have worked with that have come back and thanked me, saying, you don't know what a difference you've made in my life, or I was going through this situation and I knew I could call you and have you pray for me, or I knew you were praying for me. So so that's very touching. Recently, I had someone that actually reached out to me because when we were first talking about me coming on to the, the chat, and I was very humbled by that, I had listened to some of them that have been on the air and I hear you asking about, have you mentored someone before? And I instantly was thinking, oh God, you know, have I really been a mentor to someone? Do people really consider me a mentor? And I guess I just needed confirmation again from God that yes, you have. And I knew it, but I received this text message and it brought me to tears a couple of months ago, about two weeks after I had initially talked about being on the show And it says, and I'm just going to read this. It says, when I think about a spiritual mentor or someone I'd like to emulate, you are one of the people that consistently comes to my mind. I love how mission-driven you are and how committed to the church you are. I was wondering if you'd be willing and able to be a spiritual mentor to me. Wow. I instantly started crying, and I thought, thank you, Jesus, that people can see you through me. So that a specific person coming to me saying present day mm-hmm. can you be my mentor will mm-hmm. you help guide me and then of course i'm like oh i'm not worthy mm-hmm. but with god i am mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's cool that is very cool that and that's again how god has worked in my life with things i pray to him about and the answer he gives me definite answers and yes christy you've been a mentor but you still are a mentor and I have somebody else for you. (laughs) I'm not done with you yet. (laughs) I'm not done with you yet. Thank goodness he's not. Well, as Christians, as followers of Christ in our lives, we have struggles. Anyone who thinks a Christian does not have struggles, they need to get into God's word and see that every one of us do. So my question for you is, Christy, what has been a struggle in your life? Maybe a time of discouragement, a, a time, a low time for you. What has been one of those times? Well, I would say presently, I feel like I'm struggling with um, like the new roles I play in life because it's easy to love and direct and work with um children and youth when they're not yours Mm -hmm. and being a bonus mom now has taken on a new meaning to my life with three you know one is a teenager and still in school and two are college age and just struggling with that that god am i doing what you want me to do am i guiding them 
the way you would have me do it as the bonus mom in their lives. And um, just really leaning to him to show me what I need to do with with that. And it's interesting, sometimes when I'm like, oh, oh goodness, what? And I just hear this gentle voice inside me saying, be still, just be still. And that has been breathtaking. So I say a current struggle is that just um, I've prepared my life for this. I've gone to school for this. I've done this. And now it hits home in a new role that I've never had Mm -hmm. that God was preparing me for. And now they're my own bonus kids. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, wanting to be pleasing um, to him with all that I do with the new task, with the new life that he has given me. You have had a lot of changes go on in your life in recent years so i can i can see why how you're trying to wade the waters in Def- all of this and going back to an earlier thing that we talked about with the trust and the love um and the heartache that i had at a time you know really waiting upon god i would say that about two years ago actually in the the fall of 20 well about three years ago in the fall of 2018 God very loudly, like I thought he was in the same room as me. I was looking around. I was in my bedroom and said, are you ready to be loved? Mm. And I was like, God, I am loved. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And he said, are you ready to be loved? And I knew then that he was preparing my heart for something new. Mm. I had no idea what it was because I was very content. People were so worried that I wasn't married. (laughs) but I was very content and happy and knew that I was where I was supposed to be. And I always made the joke that if I was to be with somebody, God would have to literally dump them in my lap. And the only place I was at was school or church. So that would get really interesting if that were to happen. But that time, you know, I don't think that was really a struggle, but the struggle was there was saying, okay, okay, God, and then my new word for that January of 2019 was trust. And he would say, do you trust me? Mm. Do you trust me? Are you going to trust me with this? It's time for you to be loved. Yeah. And I had no idea what that meant. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Day by day, Christy. Day That's how day. we do it. That's it how we do it. Day by day. <laughs> well, with all this going on in your life, is there a song that God has brought to your mind to uh, encourage you or a song that does encourage you? I figure if it can encourage you, then our listeners can be encouraged by it as well. Is there a song? I'm going to go really old school on you, but there absolutely is a song I've loved from the time I was a kid and just hearing it sung, um, what a day that will be. To me, that just puts it all in perspective that I will get to see Jesus. I will get to see my loved ones that are up there waiting on me. I will get to meet Peter and Matthew and John and there will be no more sickness and there will be no more tears and there will be no more dying. And that song, I mean, there's so many songs that speak to me, but that is a, a lifelong song that what a day that will be. Let's listen to what a day that will be. No more sickness, 
we bring the program to a close today let's think about what is a message that god has given to you that he wants you to share with each of us is there something that god wants to say through you today god loves us no matter what we've been through no matter where we are no matter what we're going through. He loves us unconditionally. He is always there for us in our darkest moments. He will not leave you. Cling to him. Let him be your everything. He will be whatever you need him to be. No one has ever gone too far from his reach. He never leaves us. We turn from him. And may it never be how far can I get, but how close can I get to God? He will supply your every need. You can trust him on that. He will always be faithful. He will never fail you. You can never outgive God in anything, time, service, money. You can never outgive God. And you matter no matter what. You matter. You matter to him as much as the next person matters to him. He always has time for you. Make time for him. Grow in him. Cling to him love him he must be the lover of your life he must be your everything no truer words have ever been spoken as far as i i'm concerned true words words that we all need to hear christy will you pray with us absolutely dear heavenly father thank you so much for this opportunity to share just a little bit about you and what you have done in my life. Lord, I know I am nothing without you, and I owe everything to you. You have given me the desires of my heart. You have led my steps. You have led my path, and I thank you for that. Lord, I just ask that you would do the same for every person listening today or tomorrow or the next day. Would you please bring joy and comfort 
peace, love, understanding to all those that are hearing this today, Lord. God, there might be some out there that are are struggling and think there is no hope. May someone come across their pathway that can show them the hope that can be Jesus to them as I so desire to do in all that I do. Thank you so much for providing for us, for loving us, for letting us know that you are there for us. Thank you for never leaving us, for never failing us, Lord. I just pray, God, right now for, for the listener that needs you, that you would come and touch them in a special way, that you would wrap your arms of, around them, that you will pull them into you, and that they would know that they can have what I have. And Lord, I don't take that lightly. I thank you for all that you have given me. I thank you for all the blessings you have given me. I thank you for all the things that you have kept me from that I'm not even aware of and all the things that you have helped to see me through. Would you do the same, Lord, for all of the listeners today? Be with them. Provide for their needs right now in a new and special way. And God, thank you for this program, The Chat. And thank you for NIDA for listening to you and providing this source of encouragement for those all around the country now, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And may we never, ever forget to praise you in all that we do. We love you so very much. Amen. This has been so much fun, Christy. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for coming to the chat. You have encouraged and enlightened and uplifted each of us today. And so I just am grateful that you allowed God to stretch you and bring you onto the program today. It's been a very humbling experience, and I feel very blessed that you that my name was even considered and that you reached out. You're welcome. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning in to the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. Boat, boat, for the Savior.